Dear God, all, uh, all of our hearts are open, our desires are known to you, even if we don't know them ourselves. God, all the earth does worship you. The hills skip for joy, the trees clap their hands, the rivers sing. All of your creation is answering back to you. Redeem us. Make us whole. When we'll be set free. And then Jesus comes. And it is in his name that we gather to worship you and be in your presence. In the name of Christ, and we all said, amen. Have a seat, everyone. Well, we've been going through a, um, a series of various written prayers uh, gathered prayers, liturgical prayers. And this morning we take a little bit of a different turn because we're actually going to do together a very ancient, very, very ancient uh, practice of meditating on Scripture called Lexio Divina. And uh, I'll just tell you right now that we're going to do it on Psalm 131. If you brought your Bible, you can turn to it, Psalm 131, or if you have it on your iPad or smartphone or whatever, you can turn to it, Psalm 131. And if you have a choice, you'll want to use the New Revised Standard Version or translation of the Bible if you've got one of those fancy apps. Anyway, if you don't, we'll have it all on the screen, and that'll be great for uh, most all of us. What is Lexio Divina, which I'll describe uh, in this way? There are about three ways to read Scripture. Um, we have about, uh, Russ, we've got those three words up there about how to read the Bible. There are three ways. One, we read it historically. So if we were going to read Psalm 131, and it's a psalm of ascent by King David. So that would tell you that it's written somewhere between the year 1000 B.C. and 961 B.C. And you're like, oh, that's nice. You know, and what's a song of ascent? That's one within the temple. They're moving up to the altar. Uh, and they are moving toward God. And that's the context for it. You could read it theologically. Psalm 131 could be read theologically. Well, we would all know, you know, as though you're supposed to know this sort of thing, that there are psalms of orientation. We are trying to find our way to God. There are psalms of disorientation where you're living in chaos, or for this particular instance, the, later on the psalm would be, uh, when Israel had been led off into exile and they're losing their people and it's a mess and they're saying, where are you, God? And about a third of the Psalms are all, where are you, God? And, you know, why is this happening to us? Those are disorientation. And then so you go from orientation to disorientation and then back to reorientation, which says it was all bad and now it's good, you know. And um, so that would be a way of reading it theologically. So you can read the Bible, any part of the Bible, historically, theologically, but then we read it personally. What does it say to me? Now, some Christians uh, are scared of reading the Bible personally because they think that you're going to make it up into whatever you want. But, and that may be true, and that's a good caution to have. But reading it personally would also say, God, what are you saying to me? Okay? Lexio Divina has been around since the second century of Christianity. They called it something different. Lexio Divina is Latin for divine reading, or Lexio means read, divine, or Divina means divine. So it's a sacred reading of Scripture. And what it's meant to do is get you to engage with the Scripture by settling down, being quiet, 
and reading it in a way that is personal that says, what is this scripture saying to me? It's not reading it historically. It's not reading it theologically. As a matter of fact, for those of you who are kind of got a little Bible scholar thing going in, you, and you may have to fight that a little bit. Say, like, it's not a time to be smart. It's a time to hear the voice of God. Lexio Divina um, historically has four rungs on it. They call them rungs, like rungs of a ladder. And you have this card, which I need you to pull out right now, because this is going to be your guide for the next few minutes. And remember that threat about you're going to need something to write with? Well, that threat's now coming true. You're going to need something to write with. So grab a pencil or a pen, or I don't see any of the people who help us in the room here if they have a pencil or what. Raise your hand. or Oh, there he is. Thank you. Uh, if you need a pencil, raise your hand. Say, hey, I need one of those. Um, and uh, yeah, great. Thanks. So because you're going to do a little bit of journaling. It says on the card here, it says, Lexio Divina is Latin for divine reading. Since the first hundred years of the church, Christians have used this discipline for meditating on Scripture. Lexio Divina is prayer, and here's how it works. There are four rungs, and the first rung is to read it. The second rung, I'm just going to jump down to the bold words. The second rung is to reflect on it, then flip your piece of paper over, your card over. And then the third rung is to respond, and the fourth rung is to rest. Okay? Now, various groups around Lakeland do Lexio Divina during the week. Some of you do it on your own. Wednesday morning at 6.30 is sort of one of our official times, right back there in the prayer circle. And you come with your Bible, and you come with your journal and a pen. And if your schedule avails you to be here at 6.30 a.m. on a Wednesday morning, that's where, for about 45 minutes, we'll be doing Lexio Divina. And a handful of us continue that tradition that we've been doing for many, many years. So if you like this sort of thing, uh, we'll see how it goes. I would personally say Lexio Divina, and I'm going to go way out on a limb here. Lexio Divina is a 100% uptake on hearing the voice of God in Scripture. 100%. I'll just say it. Guaranteed, if you're looking for that kind of language, guaranteed you'll hear from God if you run the Lexio. And that's why Christians have done this for nearly the entire history of the church. So I'm going to teach it to you, and we're all going to experience right now and you'll get your first taste of it if you've never done this sort of thing. Um, the first rung of Lexio Divina, I'm reading off the card. The first rung of Lexio Divina, this is the first rung. Read approximately five verses. Keep it short. Read the verses out loud at least four times. If you're in a group, then rotate the reading around the group. Read slowly. We're not in a hurry. We are in prayer so slow down. I can always tell when someone's new at Lexio Divina because they're reading like Mrs. Brown has them in third grade, you know, and they're trying to get through the words and they're scared that they're going to mess up. We don't care if you mess up. It's just fine. It's all fine. So slow down. And we're going to read this through four times, pausing in between each time. So if we can get Psalm 131 up on the screen... Got that, Russ? Thank you. Psalm 131 out of the New Revised Standard. Join me. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul 
like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like the weaned child that is within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time on and forevermore. Breathe deep. Breathe out. Again. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like the weaned child that is within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time on and forevermore. Breathe deep. Rest. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like the weaned child that is within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time on and forevermore. The next time we read it, I'd like for you to look for a word or phrase. Maybe even now you have some small nudge just a small, your eye keeps going back to a certain word up there. Some word, maybe it's heart or calmed or weaned or even Israel or time on. Some word or phrase. You're not confident about it. You're not like, oh man, God's using that word. Now a few of you may have that, but for most of us, there may be some word or phrase that seems to be drawing you and attracting you. So, let us read it again, nice and slow. Look for the word or phrase that the Spirit of God is seeming to sort of cause you to gravitate towards. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like the weaned child that is within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time on 
and forevermore. Read it quietly to yourself. We're not in a hurry. Look for the word or phrase that seems to be coming at you. If you found your word, jot it down right below in this empty section on the one half of the card. Just jot down your word or phrase. Mine is too great. So I'm going to write down too great. If you're with someone here, then turn to the other person that you're with and say, I think, I'm not sure, but I think my word is, you know, and then say what it is. If you haven't found a word, just pick anything. It's just fine. You're not getting graded. Now we move into the phase that is really about meditating on it, about ruminating on it. It's like a, a Wuthers, you know, one of those candies that you roll around in your mouth, or like a Jolly Rancher. You're just going to uh, ruminate on this for a little while. But here's how we're going to do it. Because the mind races so fast, and soon you'll be thinking about like, oh, crud, where are we going to eat lunch? you know, and stuff like that while you're in the midst of saying, oh, God, I just want to pour my heart out to you. Is Culver's busy? You know how that goes. So here's how we're going to direct things down. You're going to use your pencil or your pen, and you're going to write out your thought to God. Because, folks, we have three speeds. Your mind is super racing crazy fast, chaotic. Your mouth is, will slow you down but you know that necessarily is not really greatly organized. The pen or the pencil will slow you right down to the speed of the ink or the stuff coming out of the end of the pencil, okay? We're going to exercise the pen or pencil right now. So what I'd like for you to do, just like it says on the card here, it says, begin writing as a prayer. And you begin with a word like, oh God, or Father, or Creator, or One, you know, even if you're not a Christian, you can still do this. You know, you can say like, I have no idea who I'm talking to or if anyone's even there. And you may write that. Here's the secret on journaling for all of us who are put off by journaling because I was for decades. The secret is, is begin writing and keep the pen moving. Even if you write these words, God, I have no idea why I'm writing right now. 
I don't know what I'm going to say. I picked these words too great, and I'm just going to keep writing these words too great. You just keep it moving. And slowly, it'll change. I can't do it in my head right now on these words too great because I'll mess it up for myself. So we're going to be quiet in the room, and I want you to begin to move the pen or pencil, even if you just say, I don't know what to write. I'm just repeating these words. So let's do this. We're going to do this about five minutes long, okay? So unless you want to be bored, participate. Let's go.
I wrote, oh God, too great, too great. Why too great? Do I think I'm something? Am I special, more special than others? Or do I feel weak or vulnerable? Do I need to be important or too great? These are powerful words. I want to be small and submitted to you. I want to follow, but my self-idolatry gets in the way. This is my life. Too small crashes into too great. And I am seduced by your spirit, but I run away. The part where you write and you pray is a personal encounter of what is the word you're hearing causing you emotionally. It's not a time to preach or judge the world or I wish those Christians would all stop doing this and I wish those politicians, you know, and all this sort of thing. It's just a time of prayer. Now, if you were in a group of a handful of people and you were doing Lexio Divina, you would each go around and share. And you may even say something that you didn't write down. Because like for me, I was thinking about, you know, this week, a very obscure church holiday happened. It was the commemoration of John the Baptist's beheading. And I got a special thing for John the Baptist. He's just cool. It's like he's just so freaking tough, you know. And the dude got his head chopped off by one of King Herod's servants. You know. I don't, I don't know what to say about that. It's just like, he's the man. Well, after you get through sharing on this, the last thing back here is this rest, the contemplatio. Contemplation means to imagine. Meditation means to study. Contemplation means to move what you're hearing into your life, to imagine it so that it would come to rest in your day. It's kind of like the morning dew. It shows up and then it burns off and it's gone for the day. And so what you want to do during the rest time of Lexio Divina is just do something, write something down. I usually write it down because I can't ever remember or focus. Like, if you want this to settle in for me too great, let me think. It might be something as simple as, today when I go in my office, I'm just going to light a little candle just to remind me, just to be small. I don't know why a candle makes me think small, but it just does today. It may be, I'm going to go for a walk. It may be, if you saw something in there about forgiveness, you're like, I'm going to write a note to that family member or somebody and just say, I'm thinking about you. Hope you have a good day. You don't need to work out the fight or anything. Just, you're just going to like, I'm going to be released from this bitterness. You know? It may be some small thing. You put a note on your dashboard that just says, too great, or whatever your word was. Throw it away when you go home at the end of the day. Let the morning dew burn off. Just imagine God speaking to you for this day. It's not something you put in the three-ring binder and put it on the shelf, and it becomes, you know, some university class. You know what I mean? Don't worry about it. It's gone. Tomorrow will be more daily bread. And God will speak something different to you. 
This is the rhythm of Lexio Divina that Christians have done for centuries and centuries and centuries. It is a way of meditating on the Bible and on Scripture that will speak to you. And I'll tell you this, that the monks I hang out with, they say those lay people like us who do Lexio Divina every day are oftentimes more tight with God than monks who have committed their entire life in prayer. That's what they say. This is a very, very powerful tool, and you can use it. The power of it, I think, of course, comes when you gather with other people because, you know, doing it by yourself, you forget. But as Woody Allen, that great theologian, once said, Woody Allen said, 90% of life is showing up. So if you can get your rear out of bed and show up in the morning somewhere, you're golden. Okay? Let us worship God in song.
Well, sit down, have a rest just for a moment, and we'll head towards the end of things here. Oh, Lord, my heart's not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like the weaned child that's within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time on and forevermore. Lakeland's a, a very activistic church. We're active. This whole thing of give, gather, go. Um, we are a going church. We like to go. We like to do things. We like to serve. We're just off the charts, charts on uh, giving money away and doing things around the world for our size of church. Uh, Lakeland's just all over it. And one of the dangers of being a very active, going church is that uh, we can forget all about God by doing things in the name of God. We can forget all about Jesus because we're so busy serving Jesus. You know, and someday you wake up and you say, this working for Jesus and doing stuff for Jesus and giving money for Jesus, I don't know Jesus. Like, hmm, the word, the word is Jesus. In other words, the word of God, the God-breathed word is a person, not a book, okay? It is Jesus. We read about the word in the word, the Bible, but it's a relationship that you and I have with God. And all of our activity of going around here can be in vain and can really result in sort of a self-idolatry if we don't watch it. And we can, we can be in love with ourselves and not in love with Jesus. So we have to be careful around here, everyone. This uh, idea of uh, Lexio Divina is a tool to help you every day reorient so that you remember that it's about a relationship and not, you know, that you're a soldier in some army of Jesus's and that, you know, he just wants to squeeze the last drop of energy out of you and then throw you away and pick up the next person. That's not the way it works. It's not a battle. It's not a war. You're on a journey, and the person with you is Jesus Christ. I'll give you one thing uh, to walk out of here with, and um, it's a concept that I read about many, many years ago from an author named Henry Nowen. And some of you are familiar with Henry Nouwen's writings. And I would encourage you to read any Henry Nouwen, actually. Um, we use it extensively on our retreats uh, that I lead. But he, um, Henry Nouwen introduced this idea while uh, as a missionary down in Central America. And he called it the experience of displacement. Displacement is this weird sensation you get when you feel like you don't belong, you know? And um, displacement happens to us all the time, and God can use it as a tool to show us the distinction between our relationship with God and uh, the world around us, the fact that we're on a journey. So here's the way it is. Lori and I, uh, years ago, you know, went down to the plaza, uh, to eat a dinner. I think it must have been an anniversary or something, you know. Because if you're a lifelong Kansas Cityan like me, we all know the plaza, and you go down to the plaza to, you know, spend a bunch of money that you, you know, 
shouldn't spend or want to spend or, or to watch other people spend a bunch of money that they probably shouldn't spend. But, you know, it's usually a special occasion when you go down to the plaza or you like to wander around. It feels fun. But this time it was different. There was something about our, the atmosphere of the restaurant and where we were at, and we both sensed it. We felt out of place. And I thought, well, I've just been hanging out in Lee Summit too long, and I'm kind of not used to the, you know, the hoity-toity uh, world of the plaza. And, uh, and that may have a lot to do with it. But I wasn't really judging the plaza. I really felt more like I was some sort of a pilgrim, a pilgrim from a foreign land, and I was in a foreign country. And it, I could feel a spiritual disparity, a tension between the world and me. And Lori and I were both feeling it. And we felt like, do we belong here? And the answer is yes and no. Yeah, the plaza is an old friend. And yet, the values that are held here, the excess, we just didn't hold that value as much anymore. And I could feel the tension. And in that gap, God shows up in displacement. It says, you have been displaced. You are a pilgrim. You're on a journey, and you're traveling through this world. Now, I'll just tell you, I resist any sort of theology that would say, this world is not our home. We're just a passing through onto heaven, our real home. I resist that theology because it says this world is not real. And this, Jesus returns to this world. <laughs> you know, this is a very real place. Someday it'll be remade because it's broken right now. But it'll be remade by Jesus Christ. But it's not a bizarre, foreign, strange place. This is our home, you know. And as one old preacher one time said, he said, you know, heaven is like this. It's like when you're a child and you die, uh, like when you're a child and you go to sleep at somebody else's house and then your dad picks you up and puts you in your own bed at home, and you never woke up, and then you wake up the next morning, and you're in your own bed. Like, that's what heaven will be like. Everything will be familiar. It's this place. It's home. So I resist any notion that this is not our home. It's just not good theology. This is our home. The question is, is where's Jesus in this world? And have we all caved in to the idea that we don't need Jesus and then we sing songs about how much I really need you, but we don't really need him. It's because we're not living in that displaced place where it's like, I'm a pilgrim. I'm, I'm traveling through this world, my own home. Maybe I'm even in exile. I'm in exile like the children of Israel. I want to be home, but I don't want to buy into the system of the Roman Empire or whoever else is oppressing them at the time. Who are we? These sort of walking rhythms, these practices like Lexio Divina will bring us back to where we need to be. Every day, daily bread, we'll eat from the Word of God and we'll say, that's my real identity. That's who I really belong to. All this chaos and distraction of the day, it's just that. It's just a myth. It's just smoke and mirrors trying to dissuade me away from Jesus Christ. Every day begins, and usually it begins with the Word of God. If you're a Christian, it should begin that way. At the end of the day, you do reflection. But in the beginning of the day, you load up with daily bread from the Word. 
So you have a time of surrender or a time of quiet, whatever you want to call it. Do Lexio Divina, do your Bible reading. Maybe you're reading the Psalms. Maybe you're chewing through some book. Uh, maybe on the way into work, you're listening to the Bible on, on uh, audio, you know, or something like that. Uh, maybe you listen to some sort of uh, speaker or preacher or whatever. But you ruminate and you chew on this word so that you say, oh, yeah, I forgot. I, I belong here, but my heart belongs to Jesus. I am the salt and the light of the world. My job is to shine and to bring flavor wherever I go. And we've lost the battle each day when we fail to load up on the word of God. And then we run around chasing our tail all day long and then go to bed tired every night. One mom told me here years ago, she said, if the kids wake up before me, I've lost. The, the, it's arguing and chaos and frustration and hurry, you know, that cursed word, hurry. But if I get up before the kids and just say, it's okay, you know, put down the gun, step in from the, off the ledge, through the window, no, you know what I mean? Say, it's all right. God is in the house. Get my coffee going. You know, better living through chemistry, caffeine. <laughs> then, when the kids wake up, she's like, hi, as opposed to, what? You know. So, the day begins with the Word of God. The day begins saying, who do I belong to? What's going on today? And if the kids are out of the house and they're long gone and you sit around and smile because they're having the same chaos you used to have, then, you know, you're blessed. But it is your day to actually get up and say, Lord, I greet you this day as the dawn rises. I greet you this day as the birds sing and as the garden grows and everyone goes off to work. It is a good day and I will spend it with you the best I can. See the difference that we would make? Then you become salt and light in the world around you and it begins with something like Lexio Divina or some scripture reading, feeding on the daily bread of the word and that's what reorients us into being salt and light, to being a pilgrim in your own home and in this world. So you're not freaked out by the plaza or anything else out there. Okay? Let's see. We will end with our Celtic blessing, the one that we've used around here many, many times. So would you stand with me, please? And we'll say this to each other. And remind ourselves that this is the name in which we go out in. Join me. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, everyone.